Okay, so welcome to the Generation Z podcast, everybody. Uh, today we're going to be talking about the torsion field theory. Now, this is going to get a little bit more nerdy and scientific, but uh, for all the, the nerds and science geeks out there who are interested in this stuff, you have probably heard of the torsion field theory. Now, personally, I'm mesmerized or at least extremely interested by it, and I will explain why momentarily why I am, but I think it is something that could be proven to be true over time, but I also think there's some parts of it that are complete and other nonsense and other nonsense as well. So I'm not, you know, brainwashed over it in a conspiracy theorist kind of way, but let me also note that I personally am not a scientist by any means of the word. But everything that I'm about to explain in this episode, I took loads of time to fully understand so that if it's ever brought up in the future, <laughs> I know what the hell I'm talking about. So Let's just start with the basics. Now, the question becomes, what is the torsion field theory, right? So the torsion field theory is a theory that it covers a variety of things. And right now, it's considered to be pseudoscience, which means that it's either fake or unproven entirely, or it's been mistaken by some people to be real science when it really isn't. But if we put that aside for a moment, it's essentially a proposal that the quantum spin of particles can be used to, call, uh, to cause emanations, meaning create a source to carry information through a vacuum in a speed that is way, sub like substantially faster than the speed of light. Now, let me be the first to put out there that this theory is un completely unfounded at the moment, and many scientists have actually uh, scammed governments and institutions around the world out of money by asking for funding to research this particular topic when they just took the money and never really did any research. So, I mean, as as sad as that is to, to, to hear about and to, and, and to be aware of, that's, that's truthfully the case. However, I personally have not allowed these incidents to discredit my, my potential belief in this by any means. And it's not because I'm hard-headed, but rather it's because I feel like there is more to this than meets the eye. I would like to think it's not some random conspiracy theory, and one could say that that is where my thinking and all of this is flawed. It's my approach to it, like wanting to believe in it. But, you know, the reason I say this is that it can be argued that there is some legitimacy behind it. So the theory itself has been used to proclaim faster-than-light travel, extrasensory perception, homeopathy, um, or homeopathy, levitation, and it, and it has been used in, a, in an attempt to explain paranormal and al alternative dimension-like phenomena. And the theory's actually been used to provide a rationale for things like, you know, supposed miracles and what have you. Now, the other side of this is that these claims have no independent backing by almost anyone within the scientific community. And there's a, a substantial amount of evidence that is lacking when it comes to the theoretical foundation of this. And let me just say that just because I'm optimistic about this doesn't mean that I'm going to present the other side of it. Or it doesn't mean that I'm, sorry, not going to present the other side of it. I'm really trying to be a, a, as, as fair as I possibly can here. So if we break it down a little more, it's important to understand that in physics, a field is an assignment of quantity. So, you know, vector, tensor, spinner, what have you. And the word torsion refers to any variable that describes rotation. So yes, torsion fields 
do in fact exist within established physics, although um, some scientists argue that this legitimate term has been misused when it comes to the, the torsion field theory. Now, if I can elaborate, an electromagnetic wave with circular polarization or the stress tensor of a solid body under torsion stress can be described as torsion fields, although this kind of usage is very rare. Now, the torsion tensor is a quantity defined within general relativity, and it plays a very significant role within the Einstein-Carton theory. And the Einstein-Carton theory is a classical and very foundational theory of gravitation, similar to the general relativity theory. Now, people who advocate and support the existence or, you know, the possibility of the torsion, of this specific torsion field theory claim that spin-spin interaction which is a well-studied quantum phenomenon um, within the world of quantum uh, mechanics that I don't understand, can be transmitted through space similar to that of electromagnetic waves, but doesn't transmit any mass or energy. It only transmits information and does so at speeds of up to a billion times the speed of light. Now, the problem with this is not only what I just mentioned has not been proven, but it goes against the very essence of special relativity which is Einstein's theory between space and time and his, the, you know, his theory that correlates the two. However, in addition to this, here's the other issue, and that is that advocates that support this particular theory to the fullest claim that the spin-spin interaction that I mentioned earlier is carried by neutrinos, which have very little mass but high energy levels, interact with matter through weak nuclear force. Now, the thing about this is that these advocates claim that it does not interact with matter, but at the same time can be generated and detected very easily. Now, in theory, that's been unproven because how can you interact with something that has no matter and yet can unexplainably be detected so easily, right? Now, it is possible that the weak nuclear force or the weak interaction definition within particle physics explains this, but it has yet to be proven with correspondence to this specific torsion field theory. Now, if you think back to what I just explained, it seems as though the advocates for this entire theory either do not understand or have yet to understand how the torsion field theory could be proven in order for it to possibly work due to the fact that both major previous statements seem to me at least to be quite hypocritical of one another. And I could be wrong, because I am by no means an expert in anything to do with physics or anything of the kind, yet, and yet alone quantum physics or any, anything of the sort. But after researching this very thoroughly, or as thoroughly, uh, thoroughly as I could, I have found that these two statements seem to be abundantly hypocritical. Hence the reason why I would imagine that this is considered to be pseudoscience. So to me, the question is this, how in the hell does the spin-spin interaction, which has very little mass and high energy, be able to transmit no mass or energy, but simply information? I mean, if, if I'm not mistaken, there's a, there's a fucking difference between having little energy and no energy, right? Now, there has been some technology that has been patented surrounding this, but we don't know for sure if it's, if it's been patented for business purposes in order to just sell some bullshit to the public or if, you know, people have patented it uh, early on in case it becomes uh, proven down the road. And so the people who patented it can actually, you know, make money off of it if they patent an idea, even if it doesn't exist yet. Um, so... 
before we go on, I just want to answer the question that may be, why do I personally believe this or why do I have some hope in wanting to believe in at least some of it? And the answer, it's not exactly clear cut, but let me just say, it's not because I want to believe in it, but the more research I do into how things that were considered impossible or magic, in some cases, you know, 60, 70, or even 80 years ago, that are now being proven by science today, the more inclined and optimistic I am to believe that even though the entire torsion field theory may not be legit, I'd like to think that there would be some inclination to believe that a decent percentage of it could be proven down the road as time goes on. Now, there is something else I'd like to talk about having to do with this, but in a little, in a sort of like a sub-branch of it, um, and it relates to consciousness, but it's still within the torsion field theory subject. It's just another, like I said, branch. Uh, and I find this part very interesting. Now, as I mentioned earlier, the torsion field theory is based on the fact that spirality, you know, spiraling, is something that manifests itself in the physical world and is also the underlying layer of the theory behind the torsion field itself. And so consciousness would seem to be intimately related to torsion energy, which it is, you know, proposed. is something that spirals through the space-time continuum, right? Which is a universal implicate order, which is a direct quote um, relating to the quantum physicist David Bohm. And so this theoretical ideology underpins our everyday reality, which is responsible for paranormal phenomena and effects that are considered to be non-local, if you will, within quantum physics, such as things like entanglement and what have you. So if you imagine a subatomic particle with zero spin to it that decays into two other particles, which are then separated by massive distance to the point where there is absolutely zero physical force between the two of them, quantum science says that they can still retain information about one another. Hence the whole idea of information being able to travel through a vacuum, as I mentioned earlier in this episode. And so this means that if one particle moves in a certain way, then so does the other particle, which means they are entangled, and it supports the idea of a universal interconnectedness. Now, if you've been following what I've been saying, you can see why the idea behind the homeopathy or homeopathy would be possible due to the fact that this spirality-ingrained ideology creates two identical particles in which both retain the same kind of information, regardless of where each other are within the universe itself. Distance is not an issue for these things. And for those that, and for those that don't know, by the way, um, homeopathy or homeopathy, whatever, however it's pronounced, is thought to be medicine that could cure people essentially within a minute or seconds instance, so to speak, whether it's through injection or liquid. And, and the idea behind utilizing the spin-spin the interaction would be to create particles within that medicine that would retain the appropriate information that could cure someone instantaneously. But I mean, you know, God knows how far off we are from that, right? So look, I can go on and on and on with this. And I, I don't really want to seem smarter than I really am because I'm not really that smart. I, I've just read a bunch about the subject. And I, I feel that even though I've done my absolute best 
to explain how realistic the torsion field theory could be. I'm sure I've missed, uh, missed out on a boatload of subcomponents that make up this, you know, pseudoscientific theory. But I also did, I also did leave some, of the, some things out on purpose for the sake of not, you know, boring people and for the sake of only, you know, bringing up the necessary components of this presumed theory. So, look, I hope I haven't lost too many people. I did say at the beginning of this episode that it was much more... Uh, scientific and little nerdy, so to speak. And I, I really do hope that at the end of the day, people can come to make their own conclusions about this theory and um, let me know what you guys think. So we will uh, catch you next time. Peace.